Learn from the greatest marketing minds in business, media, and entertainment. This is Marketing Legends. Here's your host, Matt Lights. Welcome back to Marketing Legends, and we're starting season two with an absolute killer episode for you, Mr. Brian Tracy. This is a man who practically helped invent this entire industry. He's written 80 books. He's spoken in front of 5 million people live. He's consulted thousands of companies, and he is about to drop some knowledge on you and reprogram your brain to be an absolute marketing machine. So before we start, if you want to go to marketinglegends.com slash Brian, again, marketinglegends.com slash B-R-I-A-N, you're going to get your hands on some of Brian Tracy's best stuff and a whole huge bonus package. So with that said, let's get it on. Mr. Brian Tracy, so excited and truly honored to have you here, my friend. Uh, first and foremost, I got to ask this, all right? The, the world knows you as the, probably the, the foremost, the godfather of sales training, right? You are the man in that world. But yet what I've learned about you is that you love marketing. So, just coming from your 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 background in sales, tell me why marketing is so darn important for the people. Well, my friend Dan Kennedy has a wonderful line that should be emblazoned everywhere. It says, all business is marketing business. It doesn't matter what business you're in, you're in the marketing business. Marketing is your ability to attract qualified customers and prospects and convert them into customers in competition with other people who want to do the same thing. So you must be thinking, in a way, if you were born 200 years ago, probably your only way of being successful would be go off to foreign wars. And that's why there are so many wars in Europe and all over the world. Today, the only way to be successful is to go off to the marketing wars. And the marketing wars are, you have to think all the time, how can you please your customers better faster, easier, cheaper than uh, your competition. And it only, you only have to have one advantage that nobody else has to conquer the world. But you have to have it. It has to be so clear that when a customer sees it, they say, oh, I'll buy that. It's, 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 it's very interesting. You have to short circuit the rational brain. You can't have people thinking, well, let me think it over and let me discuss it with my friends and let me read up on it and everything else. What they have to do is they have to see your offering and it has to connect with them at a heart level and so that they buy impulsively. People think, well, they say the words, I joke about this, they say the words, I want to think it over. I want to think it over means goodbye forever. We will never talk again and I'll never take your calls, and I will never listen to you. But what I think it over means my rational mind has shut it down. What you want to do is you want to talk to the heart. And so you have to think, what is it that causes a person's heart to pump custard? It makes them feel really good about it. And you take something like, I remember when the uh, iPhone came out, and I was using a BlackBerry, and first one person in my office, I had about 25 people, one person got an iPhone, and then a second person got an iPhone, and a third person got an iPhone, and my son got an iPhone. And he said, Dad, he said, you've got to get one of these. He said, this this, this is incredible. You've got to buy buy stock at Apple. Buy stock at Apple, he said. He said, this, this, this is going to go up. And I said, what do you know about investing 
sophisticated uh, stock market. Uh, I would prefer to rely on my advisors and so on. And so I missed the boat. And a good friend of mine, uh, one of my clients, when the Apple came out, uh, they said, you should buy Apple stock. And he looked at it and he said, that's it. He took everything he owned in the whole life. He's 60 years old and he bought Apple stock. Within three years, he was ready to retire as a multimillionaire. And uh, so he was really smart. And the interesting thing is, there's something about the Apple, the way people showed it. Steve Jobs was brought samples of the iPhone. And he said, no, no, I don't like, no, no, no. And the famous story is that he said, they said, what, what's wrong with it? It's, it's, it's really good. He said, he said, I don't love it yet. He said, if I don't love it, I can't offer it to my customers. And then they came up with a curved corners, which was the first time they'd had that. And he held it and he said, I love this. He said, I love this. And it rest is legend. It dominated the entire world. There's two biggest competitors at that time were BlackBerry with 49% of the business market and Nokia with 49% of the personal market. Both of them said, ah, it'll never work. It'll never work. Within five years, both companies were gone. And 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 to this day, iPhone, we, we all, we can't imagine. I, I Sometimes I ask my audience, I said, have you ever gotten into your car and started off to work and realized you left your phone at home? And they said, yeah. I said, what did you do? <laughs> that's, and that's what everybody in the audience says. They said, they should turn around and went back and got it. Well, that's what you have to do is you have to make your product or service so that it's so attractive that people really can't see their live their lives without it. And you have to be thinking like, like this all the time. And sometimes it's just one little thing. With with Steve Jobs, the, what caused the nickel to drop with Steve was the curved outline because it made it beautiful. It made it different than, from any other phone that had ever been made. The, the guts of the car. You know you know where the, the iPhone came from is when they, when Steve Jobs took over Apple again, company was on the verge of bankruptcy and uh, they had two months worth of money left and they didn't know what to do and uh, so they looked they, they came up we've got to have something completely new and different and it was a phone that's we could have a phone and we can incorporate all the best parts of the phone but that's very complicated it's taken fortune and 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 years of, of research and so then they found that Nokia had developed an iPhone and had patented it and the patents were public knowledge. And so they called Nokia and said, what are you guys going to do with that, uh, those patents on that uh, phone? They said, oh, we have no plans to use it. We're doing so well. We have half of the world market. Um, if you want them, we'll sell them to you. So they bought the patents from Nokia, and that's the iPhone. And within five years, Nokia was gone, and iPhone dominated the world really interesting. They didn't develop themselves. They found someone else who already had. It's the same thing with you. You must read all the time, all the advertisements. And when an advertisement goes by and it touches your heart, you like that. You, you, you automatically smile because it's a cute advertisement. Even though it's not for your product or service, it's for somebody else's. And then what you do is you adapt. And your ability to adapt is really your key ability in selling, is to find 
a newer, better way. And how do you know that you need a newer, better way? Because the way you're working right now isn't working. If it's not working, stop doing it. You know, what most people do, and I was like this, they're, they're pig-headed, is that they do it harder. It's not working, so you do it harder. Well, no, no. What you do is you back off and always, always be willing to admit that you could be wrong. This is very important. I teach it in, in psychological marketing. Always be willing to back off and say, I could be wrong. And then say, if I, if I was wrong, what would be right? What would be the very best thing to do? Ask your wife. Your wife is, women are brilliant in terms, uh, in terms of what works in marketing and what touches the heart. Ask your kids, for heaven's sakes. If I listen to my son, Michael, who's on the line with us right now, I listen to my son, Michael, I'd be rich today. Well, richer. <laughs> uh, but but the, the thing is that you're surrounded by wonderful information. Keep feeding your mind, reading good magazines. You may find an advertisement for a, a trip to the Bahamas, and it may have something in there that is subtle. You say, well, could I test this with my particular product or service so that's your job always think in terms of marketing and whatever works today will stop working so you always have to have a plan b you always say okay this is going to work and you we look at companies really successful companies and they have an advertisement that they have all over the place like mcdonald's or something else and then they stop using that and they go into a different advertisement you say, well, why did they stop? You know, you, you deserve a break today. Da, 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 da. Why did they stop using that? It's because they know and they watch that it has a peak and it begins to go down. When it begins to decline, it must very quickly come up with your next miracle. So I have to be saying, what is my next miracle? What is my next way of appealing to my clients? Now, here's one other thing is that successful people like yourself, Successful people love their customers. They love their customers. They don't look upon their customers as people that you're going to extract money from. They love their customers. They care about their customers like, like, like Steve Jobs. I don't love it yet. When I love it, my customers will love it. And so love is really the great word in marketing. And the second one is respect is never say or do anything in your advertising that you wouldn't do your, your your wife or your best friend. Only say it if you really believe it from your heart because the customer today is so sophisticated, they'll know instantly if you're speaking from your heart. They'll know it before you even get to the end of your sentence and they have this little button on their on your phone and the button is called delete. And they have, everybody sits when they check their email they have their finger on the delete button. Delete, 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 delete. Scroll. delete. You see it's a scroll. It's scroll. And so your your job is to speak from your heart. If it doesn't grab you, if it doesn't grab the people within your world, it's not going to grab anybody else. One more thing. I'm getting carried away. But when I, I love it. I, I, I write books and I do audio programs. When I started off my career in selling, I was a complete flop because I had no sales training. I uh, I said the very best way to lose weight in, in our society is to start selling without any training because I lost about 15, 20 pounds. And finally, I began asking the question, why is it that some people are more successful than others in sales? And I asked a friend of mine who was very successful. And he said, Brian, he said, 
have you ever read any books on selling? And I said, are there books on selling? I was 25 at the time. Are there books on selling? He said, yeah, there's a lot of good books on selling. So I went down to the bookstore and down to the business section, and there it was, S sales, way down at the bottom. And I bought my first book on selling. I still remember it to this day. And it was called How to Sell Well. And it was a man with 30 years experience who had not only sold, but built sales forces and different products and services. And I just literally read it and read it and read it and underlined it and read it and took notes. And my sales, which were flat, started to go up and up, like a plane taking off. And they doubled and they doubled again. And, and then I said, well, what is my biggest weakness in selling? My biggest weakness in selling was closing. It's almost always the biggest weakness. I wasn't afraid to make calls because I was hungry. <laughs> you know, as my friend, my friend Les Brown says, if you want to be successful, he says, you got to be hungry. Hungry. I was hungry. So I'd get up in the morning and hit the road at 8 o'clock. I'd be still knocking on doors at, in, in the neighborhoods at 8 and 9 o'clock because I, I was hungry. And, but I wasn't closing any sales. And so I said, well, the one skill, and ask yourself this question throughout your career, what one skill, if I was really excellent at it, would help me the most to increase my income? And my answer was closing the sale. So I began to do a full court press on closing the sale. I read everything. I set away for books and articles. I just became a fanatic on closing the sale. And as I learned how, with no pressure, this is very called low pressure, no pressure selling. What you would do is find a way to help overcome the objections or concerns that the prospect had and make the sale. And one of the things that I incorporated into my life years later was how can I get people to buy from me if they've never bought from me before and they never heard of me before? And I came up with the answer. I said, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a 100% money-back guarantee. If you're not happy with the results of working with me, there's no charge. And they said, I sure remember the first person I said this to. They said, you would do that? They said, well, what if I take advantage of you? I said, well, I have found that customers are not like that. Customers are not trying to cheat you. Customers are just want to be sure that they're getting a good deal. So from the rest of my career, I gave absolutely sweeping, unconditional guarantees. At first, the guarantee was for seven days, and then 30 days, and then 90 days, and then a year. And then I read a study that said, the longer your guarantee, the lower your return rate. And so I I said, all right, let's go for it. Set my staff down. Let's go for it. Let's give lifetime guarantees on everything we sell. Lifetime. So at any time in your life, if you're not happy, you can come back and say, I'm not happy. We'll give you your money back so fast, it'll burn your hand. And we've got a reputation on the, the various uh, rating systems of, you know, five out of five, five out of five, five for customer service is we good products and tremendous customer service. Because if you don't have the courage, if you don't have the, the confidence in your product or service that you're willing to give an unconditional guarantee, then maybe you're in the wrong business. And if you, you, if you look at the most successful companies like Apple and and uh, Amazon and, and Microsoft they have all sweeping guarantees and huge departments of customer service representatives. Is that if you have a problem, you call them up, they will take care of you like you're a member of their family. If you do that, 
people will start to tell other people, go here. But these people offer a lower price. These people offer this particular feature or benefit. Yes, but if you deal with them, you never have to think about it again because they'll take care of you. If you look at your computer every day, you get all these offers and all these offers for remarkable things that you make money and lose weight and become uh, sexually proficient uh, in ways you never dreamed possible and so on. And so you buy them. They just did a study recently. They said that 570 of all the offers on the internet are bogus. 570, virtually every single one of those great offers that if you just give them your credit card and then pretty soon they're sending you stuff all the time and billing it on your credit card. You have to go back to the credit card companies and get the credit card killed because they start, they start to build, they share your credit card with people all over the world. You start getting stuff in the mail saying, what is this stuff? And then you find that there's no return address, no return anything on the stuff that they send you. There's only a bill on your credit card. Anyway, 570 are bogus. Now, what would that suggest? That would suggest that if you buy something because of the glorious advertising on the internet, then you're an idiot. Okay? It's all scams. Scam after scam after scam. Uh, so the only way that you can counter a scam is what? Is people offer you a product or a service, as you do, as we do, and say it's unconditionally guaranteed. If for any reason you're not happy, we'll give you 100% of your money back immediately. No questions asked. No explanation. No fill out a form. No talk to the customer service department. All you have to do is say, it wasn't what I expected. Bang, get your money back. And that has enabled us to build a multi-million dollar business year after year after year. And do you know how many returns we get? One in 400. One in 400 people raise their because what because we give them so much information that they're they are become very well informed consumers is they understand what they're buying and how it works and what to do and we ask answer their questions we have customer service representatives so when they buy it they know exactly what they're getting they're not surprised they're not disappointed they are content and it's it's just a just a wonderful thing to do and that shows that the, your customer that you love them you care about them you're they're a member of your family you 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 want to take care of them why and you are willing to Put it on the line. Sometimes we even say, if you're not happy with the product, it deep varies, you keep the product and we'll send you your money back. Rather than you wrapping it up or sending it back or or filling out a form or anything, I'll just say, I wasn't happy. So we'll delete your bill, delete your credit card, because it's all, it's all on credit cards. And uh, people say, you can't do that. People will take advantage of you. You know what I found very early? No, they don't want to take advantage of you. They just want to enjoy the benefits that you promised. They just want you to keep your promises, for heaven's sake. It's just, it's a wonderful thing to do. And you know what? It makes you happy. You're happy all day long because you're working with people that you like and respect and who like and respect you. And so you have more energy. You, you're willing to call on more people, make more calls, make more sales. I, I used to um, ask my audiences, and I at one time I was doing about 60 seminars a year at every major population center in the United States. The average attendance in my seminars, sales seminars, was about 1,600 people, with gusts up to 2,000 and even 3,000. Big, big stadiums, even 14,000 people in, in sports stadiums. I was, teaching, I was teaching sales. And I would say, 
the very beginning to get their attention. I say, how many people here would like to double their income in the next few weeks or the next few months? Everybody, every hand went up. I said, well, good, because I'm going to give you some ways that are absolutely guaranteed to double your income in the course of today. So just pay attention and let's get on with the workbook. And every, everybody, everybody would go, oh, we want now, we want to know now how to double our income. I said, oh, all right, I'll, I'll give you several ways to double your income, but let me give you one right now that is a slam dunk. It's guaranteed. It works every single time for every single salesperson anywhere in the world. And it will work for you starting when you leave this seminar. Would that be okay? A good, good start for today? Everyone, yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, all right. Now, according to the research, the average sales professional makes two new calls each day. Some make one call. Some make more than that. But the average is two, according to the research that's been done. Some people don't make one call a day. I've spoken to salespeople. I say, how many calls do you make each day? Oh, God. How many do you make each week? Uh, maybe one. They make one new call on a weekend. And I said, what are you doing the rest of the time? Well, I've got to process my paperwork, and I've got to get ready, and I've got to prepare my phone calls and everything else. So I say, all right, let, let us say that you, because of the number of people here, are the average good salesperson. You make two calls a day. Now, if you want to double your income, because of the law of probabilities, the law of odds, it's not a theory of odds or a theory of probabilities, it's a law, is that the more calls you make, the more sales you will make, holding constant for everything else. So what I want you to do from now on, if you're making two calls a day, that's one call every four hours. If you double that and you make four calls a day, that's one call every two hours, one new call on a new process. Could you do that? And everybody goes, mm -hmm. and I said, of course, if you would increase your sales from two to four, you do not, do not know where the sale is going to come from, but you know that the sale is going to come because of the law of probabilities. Now you've got the laws of the universe working on your behalf. So just double up and you'll double your sales. And people say, oh, oh that's very interesting. Oh, oh, oh. But what about this? What about that? Is it 80% of your time during the day should be spent selling? 80% because that's the only way to increase your income. The reason you are working is to earn money. And if you want to earn more money, you have to talk to more people. It's as simple as that. So uh, I have people come up to me and they say, Brian, that's a bunch of BS. I've been in my field for 10 years. I know it's very hard to get appointments. It's hard to close and there's so much competition this is nonsense you're, you're just you're, you're just entertaining the audience with this idea about doubling your income i said well why don't we do this it costs nothing i'm not asking you to give me money or give you a special formula or buy anything why don't you just try it just just and those are the great words give it a try give it a try give it a try why don't you just give it a try just organize your day and instead of coming into the office and drinking coffee and reading your um, emails and so on, what you do is at 8 to 30 in the morning, you hit it like a race driver. You hit it and you start calling on customers. And you keep calling on customers all day long. You don't do anything but call on customers. You are not there to be in the office. Peter Drucker once said, there are no customers in the office. 
If you're in the office, then you're out of business. So get out of the office. Don't talk to your friends. Why do you talk to people in the office? They can't buy anything from you. They're not going to buy anything from you. Get out of the office. So what he did, he said, okay, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a proof to you that you are full of BS. And he came back to another seminar of mine about six months later. And he came up to me and he said, do you remember me? And I didn't remember him. He said, well, I challenged you about doubling your income by making twice as many calls. He says, but I've decided to prove you wrong. He said, the next day I went out and I tracked it down carefully. I said, write it down, write it down, write it down. If I asked you how many calls did you make on April 17th of last year, you could take your book and go, tell you exactly how many calls you made and who you called on and what was the result of the call. Because all professional salespeople write it down, write it down. They keep track of their activities. The more they keep track of their activities, the more focused they become on doing their activities better. So I said, um, he said, so I, I decided I would, I would make twice as many calls. I said, what happened? He said, within seven days, I was earning twice as much as I'd earned in 10 years. He said, I, I, I couldn't believe it. He said, I was, you know what, faced. He said, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, was, I, I, ne I never heard so much money in my life. He said, my life today is totally different. And then he, he said, are you going to the airport after the summer? I said, yes. He said, can I give you a ride? I said, yes. He said, meet me in front of the convention center and uh, I want to show you something. And so I went down in front of the convention center, I got my roller case, and he showed, rise up in a brand new Mercedes Benz. Brand new Mercedes Benz. He said, you paid for this car. He said, jump in. <laughs> and I've heard that many times. So if you want to have a brand new Mercedes Benz, just make twice as many calls. And then, of course, it occurred to him, well, four calls a day is really not that many. How about six calls a day? And so he made six calls a day. And then he practiced time management and personal productivity. And he got up early in the morning. Highest paid salespeople get up by 6 a.m. Lowest paid salespeople get up at the last minute. And then they go to the office and they BS and drink coffee. I mean, you look at all the Starbucks in, in, in America, they're all filled with salespeople talking about making sales calls, <laughs> but they're not making any. So therefore, just get up and hit it like a race car driver, just slam on the accelerator and just hit it all day long. And you're you guaranteed because of the law. And the law of probability says that the more people you call on, the more probable it is that you'll call on the right person. But here's the second thing that happens is the more people you call on, the better you get. You get better and better at selling. You become smoother and more confident. You can already wait to get out there. Instead of making excuses uh, to not to call on people because of the fear of rejection, which is the number one reason why salespeople hold yep. back, is instead of that, what you do is you just, uh, you just uh, call on more people. You become more and more confident. And then finally, I would say this is listen to audio programs, read sales books, decide to become a member of the top 10% in our society, one of the highest paid people in the world. And there's nothing in the world that holds you back except for one person. Yeah, there's one person that can stop you from becoming... <laughs> Not Alex. Who is it? And who is it? Yes. And, and, and I've given this advice to so many of my friends inside, and I, I love my sales audiences, and they know it, is they, it proves to be true. 
It's, there's no and no pressure, no tricks, no gimmicks, no anything else. Speak from heart to heart to help people improve the quality of their lives and work with your product or service. So anyway, that's what I have been teaching for years and years and years, and it is as, as valid today as it was then. That's it, and and you, so much greatness there. Thank you so much for for sharing that, Brian. Uh, two things that I heard, just uh, both you got to hit here. It's a psychological, and yeah. you have to hit here. Yeah, uh, and and in the marketing field, I feel so much of of what you hear about marketing these days is kind of the tactics, right? Oh, you got to run your Instagram ads like this and do your YouTube like that. What, what would you say to that? Like how much of, of business really is psychological and being able to, to pull on those heartstrings? Well, when I was a young man, I had an experience that changed my life forever. I was working as a clerk in a department store behind the counter selling stuff. I had a really low minimum wage job. And I saw an ad in the paper for a copywriter for a, a small advertising agency. And it said, people who love to use words, who would love to combine words and make different meanings and so on. Well, I had always been a reader. I was a high school dropout, uh, but I'd been a reader. And I thought, that sounds neat. So I applied for the job. And after I'd spoken to him for a few minutes and he asked me about my background, he said, why are you here? He said, you have no knowledge of copywriting. You have no experience. You have no proven ability. He said, we're a small company. We couldn't hire you as a copywriter. And I said, and this changed changed my life. I said to him, I said, well, what advice would you give me if I was going to talk to someone else? And he said, well, one of the things you should do is read up on the subject so that you understand the essence of copywriting. And then uh, you'll be able to speak more intelligently. So I went to the library and I began to read every spare minute. I read 20 books on copywriting written by the best copywriters in the world. And I, I haunted the, the city library, and I started to call on advertising agencies, from the small one to not so small to not so all the way up to the second largest advertising agency in the country. And they offered me a job, because by this time I understood copy, I had read it, and read, I could, could do a copy test and show them my advertisement. And at the last minute, on a Friday, they called me up and they said, the job that we offered you, we have to rescind it because the previous copywriter has decided not to leave. And so thank you very much. I said, oh, and I was so disappointed. And they said, but we have very good friends at the biggest agency in the country, and we've called them up and told them about you, and they're very interested in talking to you. So I went to see them, and they hired me as a junior copywriter, biggest agency in the country. And put me to work under what is called a copy chief. A copy chief supervises you, gives you assignments, supervises you, gives you guidance, and so on. Within six months, I was writing ads for the biggest companies in the country because I had a natural sense for writing copy. And it changed my whole life. It taught me how important it is the, that you, the words that you use when you advertise. And you have to experiment. You have to try this and try that and try something different. What you're trying to do is connect with your client. Just try to connect with the client in an honest way. And this is so important. Many people in marketing are indifferent to their product. They don't care about the product. They say, can I con 
somebody into impulsively buying my product, but not successful businesses. Successful businesses, successful people love their product and they're, they're looking for a way to connect, almost like going out on a date. They're not trying to call on the other person. They, what they want to do is they want to impress the other person. They want the other person to like them and trust them and, and believe in them and so on. So keep that in your mind. If you don't love your product, do something else because you will never be successful. You'll never be successful unless you are selling from your heart. And I, I learned that. And when I was writing copy, I learned that in my sales career. I sold, I started, built, and managed 22 different companies. And I've worked for more than 10,000 companies over the years in 84 countries. And they're all the same. They say, well, what, what, these are people who are from Russia or India or uh, Sao Paulo and Brazil and so on. Won't the way of selling be different? Nope. It's all, it's all, it, the marketing and selling is always the same. It's have a product or service that enriches the life of your customer in a cost-effective way and tell them about it. And if you're not, if you, if you're not telling about it in the right way, keep adjusting it a little bit. Sometimes just one change in your presentation will increase your sales 10 times. Love it. Well, Brian, you've been uh, so generous with your wisdom, with your time. Uh, I want to ask you one question in closing, because you've changed countless lives. I, I, I will admit that in preparation for this interview, I've told so many people that I got the, the chance to interview you. And I've heard, I mean, from our, our chief operating officer, to, I mean, all the way across the board, everybody's like, oh my gosh, Brian Tracy, it was the first first sales book I ever read. I mean, so many people just adore you, Brian. What I would love to know is you've given so much great advice. What is the single best piece of advice that you've ever got? Well, I have immersed myself in about 6,000 books. You can see behind me, there's books. All these, all these bookshelves are double banked. There's bookshelves down the sides, bookshelves downstairs, bookshelves throughout my house. And I've read these books. And uh, so I read, and I read an average of two to three hours a day, sometimes more. When I'm flying overseas, I'll read eight hours. And it's made an extraordinary difference. I learned German and, began, and gave seminars in German. I, I've learned French, Spanish. I've learned bits of Russian, bits of Chinese, bits of Hungarian, bits of Polish, um, all kinds of languages. I just study, study, study. I've even hired a tutor to fly with me uh, across the ocean and work with me for five or six hours on interpretation, speaking, uh, proper sounds, and so on. So I've dedicated myself to lifelong learning. So I would say here's my golden triangle of success. My golden triangle has three parts. The first part is number one, accept 100% responsibility for your life and for everything that happens to you. This means no blaming, no complaining, no whining. It's just say those magic words, I am responsible. I am responsible. I'm in charge of my life. Here's the biggest mistake that people make is they're still angry or unhappy today over something that happened in the past, their childhood, their first job, their bad relationship or marriage or so on. So I always ask the question, I said, it's very, very important that you never be upset about anything you can't change. And you cannot change a past event. So what you have to do is you have to cut off all past events and say, no matter what happened, I am responsible 
And what did I learn from that experience that will help me in the future? So your whole life is you're going to make. The more successful you are, the more mistakes you'll make. Number two, second second point in the, in the triangle is goals. When I discovered goals, I died and went to heaven. I had no idea. And I, and I realized every single successful person talks about goals. And goals, uh, I wrote I, my book on goals, by the way, has sold more than a million copies in 28 languages, and it's called Goals. And what it does is it gives you an absolutely proven process to think through and write down your goals, and it'll guarantee you'll increase your income five or ten times in the years ahead. Just about goals. This is in paperback. It costs a couple of dollars. I'll give you a free copy. You can probably download it on Kindle um, or get it free. My, my point is that you need to have a systematic method of writing goals. And it's very much like a recipe. A recipe for the kitchen means that you have to have certain ingredients in certain proportions mixed in a certain way to get a delicious dish. With goals, you have to have exactly the same thing. There's a series of ingredients that you follow and you come out the other. It's very simple, not complicated, but it virtually guarantees that the dish that you get, is, which is success, is, is going to be guaranteed. So become a, become an inveterate goal setter. Write down goals, study goals. Just read my book on goals. It's a couple of dollars. And, and even if you, I'm just trying to think if there's any other source. No, if, if you're serious, you'll get the book on goals. And just read it. And from then on, it, I tell you every day, you get up and you write down your goals, your 10 most important goals in a particular way. And I explained to you how to do it. There's a particular way that programs the goals into your subconscious and into your superconscious mind. And once the goals are there, you start to form the law of attraction and you start to attract people, circumstances, ideas, thoughts, insights that drive you toward the goal and attract the goal toward you. Step number three of the golden triangle is continuous learning. Is continuous learning. From this day forward, become a learner. What I do is I tell people, get up every morning by 6 a.m., exercise to get yourself pumped up, and then read for one hour in your field. Read for one hour in your field. I just did a study, the study right here, on self-made billionaires. And it's, and it's the habits based on the financial press and interviews and everything else. Is the habits of self-made billionaires. Number one, they always get up early. They get up by 6 a.m. So what I, when, I, when I learned that it was some years ago, is I set my clock so that I get up at 5.55, and here's an interesting thing is your mind has an automatic timer. You can say to yourself when you go to sleep at any time, I wake up at 5.55. And at 5.55, you'll wake up. Bing, and there's on the clock. You see the clock, 5.55. You never need an alarm clock for the rest of your life. You'll just wake up automatically at the time you program in. Your mind is so powerful. Warren Buffett, who has been alternately the richest man in the world, starting with nothing as a young man at investing little bits of his money and eventually becoming uh, so wealthy. Warren Buffett reads five hours a day. He reads five hours a day. And, and he was asked recently, what is your secret to success? You're one of the richest people in the history of the world. He reads five hours a day. And he was asked, Mr. Um, Mr. Buffett, what is your secret to success? And he said, simple, he said, I just say no to everything. Everything that is not my work, 
is not aimed at being making my company successful, I say no. I don't say no. To, I don't do anything that is not consistent with my most important goals. And so that's one of the great secrets. It's a three-word secret. Just say no. Would you like to get together for a cup of coffee? No, thank you. Not right now. Let's do it at, at a later time. Don't don't you don't have to brush them off. Just say yes, of course, but not right now. And you just keep saying not right now, and pretty soon they go away, and they go and they bother somebody else who also has no future. Uh, and so th- that's the key. So those are the three. First of all, accept responsibility. the The tendency to blame other people is like slamming on the brakes of your own potential. If you're negative and you're angry and you're frustrated and you're blaming other people, then what happens is all your great creative energy for success is just dissipates. Yeah. So what you do is you say, I'm responsible. I'm responsible. And when you say those words, the interesting thing is they make you happy. The words, I am responsible, make you happy. And then what you do is you write down your goals. If I'm responsible, what am I responsible for? I'm responsible for earning this amount of money and weighing this amount and this house and this car and everything else. I could tell you stories that bring tears to your eyes from people who I taught this to who came back to me years later and told me their success stories and they're just wonderful. And then the third is continuous learning. Today in the in the modern age, you've got to be learning and just make a decision to be the master or mistress of your craft. Is what if you're in sales, if you're in marketing, study and read and study and read and practice and learn and never, never stop. Your goal is to get into the top 10%. One last point that I want to leave you with is one of my favorite rules. And I was just, I'm writing a book now and I was just going over that rule. It's, um, it is the 80-20 rule. And the 80-20 rule says that the top 20% of people in every field earn 80% of the money in that field. The top 20% of companies in every industry earn 80% of the profits in that industry. And everybody, this is what really gave me a, a face slapper whack, 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 when I was younger, is everybody in the top 20% started in the bottom 20%. But they made a decision, I'm not going to stay here. I can start here. I come from humble beginnings. I don't have any knowledge about my field. I'm brand new, but I don't have to stay here. And so what they do is they made a decision to get into the top 20%. And then they began focusing on studying people in the top 20%. What did they do? The number one thing that people got into the top 20% did is they set goals for themselves and made plans. And they worked their goals and plans every day. They got up earlier. They worked harder. They stayed later. They hammer, 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 as they say. And, and eventually, they got up and up and up and got into the top 20%. Then get into the top 10%, then get into the top 5%. And I've never seen an exception. Your job is to set a goal to be, first of all, in the top 20%, then the top 10%, then the top 5 And you can do it. There's nothing in the world that stops you except for that one person. <laughs> There's only one person stops you from getting to the top. And, and he, you're looking at him in the mirror. <laughs> it's that person who holds you back. Brian, that was amazing. I I can't wait to go re-listen to this episode. Hopefully, you guys have been taking notes. Brian Tracy, you are a true treasure, and I appreciate you, uh, everything that you've done, not only today, but through the years. You really inspire me on so many levels. So thank you so much, Brian, and thank you for listening at home. And thank you, Matt, and thank you to all of our friends for being with us. And I'm sure I'll talk to you again. All right.
Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Hope you got a ton of value from this week's episode. Brian Tracy just dropped some bombs. So what you need to do right now, if you want to get your hands on Brian Tracy's goal setting guide and a bunch of other bonuses, I'm talking there's some good stuff in here, all for the price of, well, nothing. He's raising money for the Heritage Foundation. You can donate as little as a dollar. It's going to go to an amazing cause and you're going to get hooked up with a bunch of stuff to help you go further, faster, and as Brian said, really set some goals that are going to make a massive impact on your life. Where you need to go right now is marketinglegends.com slash Brian. Again, marketinglegends.com slash Brian. Hopefully you'll uh, not only listen to this episode, but take advantage of this awesome stuff and help a good cause. And if you like this episode, please do share it with a friend. Spread the good word. Take a second. Give us a review on iTunes. We appreciate you, and we cannot wait to talk in the next episode. See you soon. This has been Marketing Legends. Go big. Give back. Be legendary.